Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Snowy Saturday. Welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, if you miss an episode or you come in the middle, check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Don't worry. You can still share them with friends and family. I just want to thank you guys for all your support. I hope you guys have been enjoying the shows. You can email me if you want. Saturdays with Joy Keys at Hotmail.com. Any questions, comments, and that's also how you're going to be able to win prizes. You guys know I give away books and gift cards, all types of things. So remember that email address, Saturdays with Joy Keys at Hotmail.com. Well, today I'm speaking with a unicorn. I, I'm, I'm just going to say it like that because that's kind of what he is. He's like a unicorn. He plays like a violin, but he's black. Um, he's kind of tall and thin. Um, he's a music teacher. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a, a, a it's a unicorn, right? Uh, this is Brendan Slocum, and now he's an author, The Violin Conspiracy. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. I, I got I got to correct one thing. You said tall okay. and thin. I, I prefer lean and muscular. Okay, sorry. You okay? Lean and muscular. Okay, you, you heard it here. I apologize. I will. I will get on my assistance for writing that in the script. Bum, 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 bum. No. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, do you consider yourself a unicorn? Are you an anomaly? Are there others like you? Um. I'm sure there are dozens and dozens of people out there just like me, but, uh, you know, I I will take the unicorn status. I will totally take it. Because I read somewhere you were were writing, uh, you were doing an interview, and you were saying, like, less than 2% of, you know, people who are in orchestras playing classical music are African-American or black. Uh, Is that still the case? Do you think it's getting better? Is Is it getting worse? That that is still the case. It's 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 one point eight percent, which was actually shocking to me when I did the research on that. And um, I, I think the conversation has really opened up uh, within the last couple of years. And something tells me that that number is going to change, hopefully rapidly. I saw that you two have a podcast, "How Music Can Save Your Life," and I think that's a great way of opening it up. And I've seen some of the guests you had, you had Billy Childs on there. I've had him on my show as well. And seeing African-American men talk about their experiences, I think that's a a great thing. I mean, I think it should be uh, taken into the schools to show this is what, these are other unicorns, if you will, uh, (laughs) what they look like and what they're experiencing. How did you decide on doing your own podcast? 
Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, the podcast uh, idea was, was brought to me um, after uh, publication of the book started. And, you know, being a musician, I was like, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it did a lot for me, so why not? I will totally uh, get into this um, podcast this way. And I tell you, it's been – it's just been – I've learned – so much. Everyone that I've interviewed, they, we're all unicorns. We have the exact same story, and it's, it's just, it's amazing. Um, I feel like it gets smarter every time I, I interview someone. They just have so much information and knowledge to share that um, it, it really is an amazing thing. So tell the audience a little bit about this book. What, what's, what's the book about in, in a nutshell? All right, I'll give you the elevator pitch for this. Um, the violin conspiracy is the story of Ray, who discovers that his old family fiddle is actually a priceless Stradivarius violin, and this discovery catapults him into superstardom in the world of classical music. And right before the Tchaikovsky competition, which is basically the Olympics of classical music, his violin is stolen. Will he get to compete? Will he get it back? Will he find out he took it? you got to read the book to find out. But there's a lot of family drama, and there's some historical significance. And one of my favorite aspects is you don't have to be a musician to get the book, to get what's going on in the story. There's so much more to it than just um, a stolen violin. Definitely. I read the book, and let me tell you, you do not have to be a musician. It is written beautifully, and particularly the parts when – Ray is playing or other musicians are playing the descriptions, the metaphors, the images. It really helps a non-musician person enjoy the story. Um, And I actually read that you had your own violin, a 1953 Eugene Lehman violin stolen from you. What's that story? Wow. Um, When I was in high school, my senior year of high school, this was the first violin that I owned outright. Uh, We'd taken a family vacation, uh, you know, we just like a family trip over the weekend. And uh, we came back on Sunday afternoon. And, you know, that feeling when, I don't know if you ever had your house broken into, but it's a terrible feeling. You know instantly when you get home that something is wrong. Um, I, I ran straight to my hiding spot for my violin, which was under my bed. I looked, it wasn't there. I looked again, it wasn't there. I walked out of the room and I came back in and looked again and it wasn't there. And it's just the most devastating feeling. So um, if anybody sees a 53 Eugene Lehman, it's mine. 30 years later, I still want it back. Now in the story, uh, Ray, the character, he scribbles his name on, on, on the violin. Did you do something like that with yours? Uh, to, to make sure that you knew that that was yours? I actually did not because I, I hadn't had the instrument for very long um, when I got in it. And, you know, the last thing that you think is that uh, someone's going to break into your house and steal your instrument. Um, but I would know it if I saw it. If I had an opportunity to play it again, I would absolutely know it. It's interesting. I can hear in your voice the, the, the yearning for it. And, and that's, how important instruments are to musicians um, and, and artists in general. Like if they lose a painting or, or, or something that they, they use to create, it's, it can be very painful. And, and even years later, the, 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 the bit of yearning is still there. And I'm sure if somebody found it, it would just like make your day. Um, or somebody wants to, you know, be a, a 
have the balls to bring it to you and say, it's not me that stole it, but I got it from so-and-so who bought it from so-and-so who got it from so-and-so, and here it is, you know. Uh, let me ask I, you, I would love to have it back. I would. When's your birthday? When's your birthday? June 1st. June 1st. Okay, so people, you have until June 1st to find this uh, <laughs> 1953 Eugene Lehman violin uh, to make his day. I think that would be a nice birthday present. Was that the first violin you had, or, or was uh, was that like second or third like violin? Oh, that was probably more like the, the 10th or 11th, um, just because okay. when, when you're starting off, you know, you, you get the, the rental instruments, which are basically beginner instruments. And, you know, my, my, fam- my family was poor, so I had to keep turning it back into the music store. We couldn't afford the payments. Um, and then when I actually could afford my own violin, that was the one that I got. So that's the one that's really, really special to me and the one that I consider mine, you know, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's like an extension of my body. It felt like one of my limbs was, was removed when I lost that instrument. Now, what was the first classical music that you heard that made you say, oh, I like that. I think I want to get into that. Well, do you know the song or the, <laughs> the, 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 the composer? I absolutely do. When I was in third grade, uh, my music teacher played an, an uh, excerpt from the Mozart Symphony Number no. 40, uh, and everybody knows it. Bum, ba, da, dum, ba, da, da, dum. And uh, she said, you can always know that this is Mozart by this little song. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's a Mozart. I was like, oh, my gosh. It's a bird, <laughs> it's a plane, it's a Mozart. This is oh awesome. God. This is the dopest thing I've ever heard. I got to know what this is. And I, my, my love for classical music was born that day. It was crazy. You know, I remember as a kid going to see um, Fantasia, the, the animated musical, the Walt Disney movie, and, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. classical music in, in that. And that, I love that. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many times I've seen that movie, and I could watch it over and over again. And I think the, having the animated creatures uh, dancing, you know, to the music, just it, it was like mesmerizing as a kid to, to see it on the screen and, and hear that music. Um, I know I the feeling. Have you seen Have you seen that? And I mean, do you like that? Is Is that like something like musicians would like, or is that like a corny thing? Am I being no, corny? No, no, no. Like, am I like a lay person <laughs> being corny? <laughs> no, same, exact same, same as you. It's to, you. I could watch it again and again and again and again. It's It's just. I mean, it just does something to you. It transports you someplace. It's great. I think music has that ability. I was talking with another guest. We were talking about um, vibrations uh, in, in in the universe and um, music, the types of vibrations that different tones have. Because um, we were talking about music that had words, but then I was like, even music that doesn't have words, such as classical music, there's certain vibrations. Do you know if scientifically there's like certain tones that bring out certain feelings in humans or affect animals. I mean, is it, because people study scientifically music, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a real thing. And, and not only with, with, with tones and vibrations, same thing with, with colors and, and smells as well. It's all, we're all connected that way. And um, I just, I just think music is, is such uh, an important aspect in that because it's, music is one of the only things that you can take across the world, not even speak the language and, and have an instant connection. So, yeah, I'm all about it. Yes, definitely. Anywhere in the world, I, that's how come, you know, musicians can collaborate 
and be not speak the same languages. Now, some of the book is you. Some of the character is you. And one of them, Nora, your grandmother was actually named Nora. Is that correct? I read that. That is that is true. Yes, I, I wrote uh, Grandma Nora's character after my own grandmother. And the pink dress? Did she wear the pink dress? Ooh, did she ever! All the time, <laughs> and the hair rollers <laughs> to go with it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Isn't that crazy? Our, our grandparents just—it's like they're these iconic figures uh, in our life. Uh, fortunately for you, she was a good figure um, in in your life. And, and help you. A lot of the characters in the book that help Ray are women. Is this true in your real life? A lot of women helped you move along? This this is absolutely true. Um, from Grandma Nora to uh, Aunt Rochelle, which is his closest aunt, to his uh, main mentor, Dr. Janice Stevens. Um, I wrote uh, Janice Stevens after my own violin teacher, Dr. Rochelle Vetter Huang. Um, and, and I really wanted to pay tribute to her through the character of Dr. Stevens, and I, I hope I did her justice. You know, she, she basically taught me how to play the violin. She taught me how to teach. She gave me confidence that I did not know existed, um, and she was always 100% straight-up honest with me. If I played something well, she told me how great it was. If I played something poorly, she told me how awful it was and what it exactly what I needed to do to make it better. So I've always appreciated uh, her honesty and caring. And, you know, she, she was that person that, that I needed uh, that extra boost from when, when I always got down. So she, she was my Dr. Janice Stevens. Well, I think she did a great job because I just want to mention that I didn't say it before, but he's the concert master for the University Symphony Orchestra at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, um, and he serves as the principal violinist. I heard that you babysat her oldest son. Is, 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 is that correct? <laughs> I, I did. This is how close I was to my teacher and how much I loved, I loved her family. Yeah, uh, her, her firstborn son, um, I used to babysit him. And, you know, I, we would go for walks around the neighborhood, and I would carry him on my back. And I, I'll never forget <laughs> Never forget one day, I don't know what I was doing. I was being silly. You know, you're 19, 20 years old, just being silly. I'm two-year-old, three-year-old kid. Um, and I said something. I, I don't remember what it was to him, but when I brought him home uh, and I dropped him off, uh, he said to his mom, okay, mom, so next time, Brendan, you do the dancing and I'll do the singing. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't know we were singing and dancing, but all right, that's cool. I can do that too. <laughs> So the kid is like he's like 27 now. I, I, I apparently that was that was a long time ago, but uh, I think he's like 26, 27 now. Wow, wow, that is so important to have that type of angel in your life. Um, I remember teachers that I had um, when I was growing up. Actually, I was so, so fortunate. I went to a, a performing arts elementary school. And um, it, it definitely changed my life. We got to dance. We had music. We had art. I remember making Ukrainian eggs. I remember doing ballet. We used to put on shows. The memories are still so vibrant uh, mm-hmm. in my head. And also just thinking about the school building. And we still had regular math, you know, reading the regular subjects. But I think having the arts just really, I think, like you say, can save your life um, and do you play any other instruments other than the violin? 
I, I actually do, and I'm in, in 100% agreement with, with uh, your, your statement that the music can save your life. Um, I play uh, all the stringed instruments, uh, guitar, piano, uh, clarinet, oboe, and flute. Okay, now, I thought he was going to say, like, one or two, but like, now he's really a unicorn. Like, he's got all that under his belt. All I could play was the flute and the piccolo. I, I can still read music, and uh, it's funny, when you, your character was talking about playing jazz and trying to, his, his um, classical training to play jazz, I, I've seen the music for jazz, and I'm just like, uh, uh, okay, okay, that's uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know about that, you know, like, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it, talk to the audience about that experience, playing classical versus jazz, like, what's the difference when you see the sheet music? Uh, you know, it, it, it's like in a completely different language. It, it's all music, but it is totally different. Um, for, for classical, everything is, is written out for you. You know, you don't even have to think. You just have to move your fingers. It's great. Uh, but for a lot of uh, jazz, it's, it's, if you're a really good jazz player, a lot of it has to do with improvisation. You can just make up stuff as you go along, but you still got to be in the same key or in the same mode or, or you know, e- even in the same style. And it, it takes a lot of focus and concentration. And if you're so accustomed to having notes laid out in front of you, I mean, you're just waiting for the note to jump off the page, but in jazz, it doesn't do that. It's like, whoa, you got to use a little bit more of uh, your imagination and ingenuity, and it is tough. It's tough. My my hat goes off to anybody who's a, a, a good jazz player. I mean, it's the same thing with bluegrass. That is, to me, that's even tougher. It, there's no music. You just kind of play, and, and you know, the mm. songs are passed down, and it is, it's I've had I tried my hand at bluegrass. I'm only good at a couple of songs, but uh, yeah, it's it's rough. It's it's very very it's difficult, but it's it's very rewarding if you get to do it right. One of the tough things the character is going through is his family is against him and is non-supportive, except for the grandma and Aunt Rochelle. Um, in your life, was that similar? Was your mom supportive? Was your dad supportive? What was the situation with you and your family, and you playing? you know, violin? Well, I'm going to say right up front uh, that mom in the book is not my mom. My mom was never, she would never actively keep me from uh, trying to pursue my career in music. So, yes, if anyone had a question, is your mom really like that in the book? No, 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 no. Uh, my parents yeah. were as supportive as, as they could be. You know, it's, it's you, you see this, this, this black teenager playing violin and, and loving it and loving classical music, and you really don't know a whole lot about it. Um, you know, it's like, well, okay, if you like it, then good for you. I, I'm not going to try to stop you. I don't know what I can do to help you. I don't know anything about it. I'm kind of learning with you as we go along. So, you know, the, the parents were, were as, as supportive as they could be, um, you know, with what it was that I was doing, and I, I do appreciate it. I, I think that's um, great that you found um, your mentor, Dr. Rachel Vetter Huang, because, like I said earlier, the, having an angel is so important. But I'm going to go back to I, I saw clips of your interviews of your podcast, and I just really think that somehow it needs to be shared with, like, you know, elementary school and, and high school students because there's probably, you know, a young black male in those environments in D.C. somewhere thinking, I want to do this, but it's like either ball and um, 
I remember uh, I have a license in social work, and I remember working with some young black males, and a lot of them were like basketball, football, but then there was like this one guy, he was like, I want to be anesthesiologist. And I was like, what? Okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, it hit me like, and he got it from his uncle somewhere or something, and this connection, you know. So it's like to be in a group, you're going to get that group mindset, but if somebody comes and says you have other options, it's so important that they can be like, okay, because really they're not going to make it in the football basketball. It's like they don't realize how many slots there are. There's only a certain number of slots, you know, every mm-hmm. year for that type of thing. So um, we got to expand our vision of our, of our lives uh, beyond, you know, football or basketball. Let me, let me ask you this. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Ooh, that's a, that one came out of left field on me. You got me with that one. Um, I, I'm going to go probably flight. I'd, I'd like to be able to fly. Who doesn't want to fly? Where would you fly to? Where would you fly to? Uh, from here, because it's snowing today, straight to Hawaii. Have you been to Hawaii in real life, or, or is this like a dream? No, I, I've been a couple of times, and that's why I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to surf? I don't, but I can watch people surf, and that's just as good. You know there are black surfers? I did a show about black surfers. Really? And it, it's are, were they black, or were they just really, really tanned? No, 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 no. There are black surfers all over the United States, like all over. There's a guy up in Rockaway. He has a whole thing. He works with young kids. Um, I, there's, there's a black uh, women's surfer group. They're out there. and See, that's what I'm saying. Like, to think that there are black surfers, your brain is like, huh? Like, that doesn't even fit in the right sentence. Wow. That is amazing. Exactly. I, I would never yeah. have thought. See? Okay, let me ask you. If you had 100 bucks, what would you do with it? Probably donate a big portion of it to someone who needed it. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite dish, like, to eat? What's your favorite meal? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and, and what would the dish be? All right, I'm a breakfast guy. Um, I will do breakfast any time of day, so I'm going to go with – I'm a pancakes guy. I'm prob- that's why I'm, like, so soft around my middle, but, yeah, I'm a pancake guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, what makes a good pancake? Is it, like, butter, the syrup, like, the flavored syrup? Or are you putting blueberries in there? Like, what's the, what's the best pancake that could, like, oh, my God, your mouth is watering? To me, the absolute best pancakes, and my mouth actually is starting to water, so thank you for that. Um, I <laughs> like just uh, not too thick, but, you know, just not too thick, but a little crispy on the edges, very, very buttery, and a ton of syrup. And now I really want some pancakes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. So I hear you have a two-book deal. And the screen rights have gone to Sony. How did that happen? You know, it, it's, I, I still am, like, uh, trying to pinch myself to make sure that I'm awake every time I, I think about that. Um, when my manuscript was, was submitted, my uh, foreign rights, not my foreign rights, my dramatic rights agent, um, you know, she shopped it out. And I had uh, at least six production companies want to buy the rights to, to the book, which I thought was incredible. And, you know, I, I sat down with each of them, and uh, I, I listened to, you know, their visions of what the violin conspiracy uh, could be on, on the big screen. And uh, Sony, uh, who has George Tillman attached, who directed 
soul food and the barbershops and the hate you give, uh, he was just, you know, extremely passionate about this project. And I was like, yep, your vision matches mine. Absolutely. Go for it. So they, they bought the rights and I, you know, there, there is a limited series in the works right now. Like for 2023, are we going to see it or do you know when it's going to come out? I honestly don't know. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be 23 or 24, but uh, I do know that it's uh, they're 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 working on it, and um, that's just it. Just makes me really happy, just because you know they said, okay, we want to buy this, and it doesn't just sit in a vault someplace. You know, they're they're really moving forward with uh, making the project. So it looks like it's going to happen sometime soon. I'm 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 all for it. I could totally see it because the character goes different places across the globe. He's traveling. Um, I, I mean, I could just see the different um, scenes, and hopefully COVID will have calmed down enough, you know, we don't have to worry about, um, you know, the set shutting down because of COVID. I, I, I could see it definitely uh, being a film. Now, the second book, is that an extension of this one, The Violin Conspiracy, or is it a completely different storyline? It is a completely different book. It's totally standalone. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. Um, if, if I could just give the elevator pitch for this one, um, it's called yes. The Composer's Last Score. And uh, it's the story of America's preeminent composer. He is bigger than Beethoven and Bach. and Bra- he's, he's huge across the world. His 150th anniversary celebration is coming up. And the family that runs his foundation, which are his descendants, have hired a musicologist to do some research to see, you know, what his connection to the black community is because he's very close to the black community. Um, During his research, the musicologist discovers that he may not have written any of his music and it may have been appropriated from a black woman who we now know would be living with autism and the family will stop at nothing to keep that a secret. Ooh, it's a roll. <laughs> oh my God. Sounds awesome. Really awesome. Hey, could you read a little bit of the book? I'm, I think we have about three minutes left. I don't know if you can read a couple, uh, something from the book. I would be happy to. Uh, I am going to read a chapter, one of my favorite chapters, chapter 22, um, which is in Boston. Uh, Okay. He flew to Boston for a recital in Jordan Hall on the campus of the New England Conservatory of Music, playing Dvorak and Mozart. He was especially happy with his performance of Dvorak's Romance in F minor. The piece grew on him the more he performed it. It reminded him of taking walks in the summertime with Grandma Nora. The Georgia heat thick and soft against his skin. He felt like she would have loved that piece. After the performance was over, he ducked out the back entrance. He was tired and very hungry. He definitely needed to schedule his recitals earlier in the evening. The cold night air kept through his shirt and jacket. He put on a large sweatshirt he brought. He should have packed a better overcoat, but the sweatshirt was easier to fold and more portable. He pulled up the hood, but it didn't help. It started snowing. Welcome to Boston. A diner beckoned, perfumed with the scents of roasting meats and grilled onion. He thought of sitting at the counter, but decided to eat back at the hotel. What you having, hon? Said the thick-waisted, thick-accented woman at the counter. He ordered tater tots, cob salad, and a slice of apple pie to go. While he waited, he called Nicole. He hadn't talked to her since early that afternoon, and he wondered how her own performance that evening had gone. She was playing a chamber music recital, Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 6, which featured two viola soloists. She'd been very excited about the performance, and he regretted having to miss it. A 
A few minutes later, a takeout bag in hand, he shouldered open the diner's door, and the cold Boston night blew around him. He wasn't really aware of the people standing outside on the sidewalk until one of them spoke. The voice was terrifyingly familiar, high yet gravelly. That was just the most amazing performance I think I've ever heard. Dante Marks and his sister stood not five feet away, their hands in their pockets, their eyes bright beneath ski caps pulled low over their foreheads. What the... You did such a fine job tonight, Andrea said. She sounded earnest, but somehow thought she was mocking him. Why are you here? Are you following me? We know you're often traveling, so we just wanted to see for ourselves that you're taking good care of our violin, Dante explained. Heat surged through Ray. Our violin. The words lay on the pavement, cold and dead, like something run over. He took a step forward. I don't know what drugs you two freaks are doing that make you think you can follow me around, but let me make it clear to you. This is my violin. I'll say it again. My violin. It belonged to my great-great-grandfather, and now it's mine. You're out of your freaking minds if you think you're getting your dirty fingers on it. Rayquise, or whatever the hell your name is, Andrea said, we're getting that violin back. If you think you have a chance in hell of keeping it, you better think again. Ooh, well, I'm going to give away some copies of it. I'm going to give away some copies of the book. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook Saturday mornings with Joy Keys and on Instagram Saturdays with Joy Keys. And you can text Brendan Slocum. Uh, he has a website, Brendan Slocum, and there's a B at the end of Slocum. Um, and check out what he's doing, where he's going, I guess when the movie's going to come out and the next book. You got to come on when that next book is finished, Brendan. Absolutely. I can't wait. I'll have some pancakes and I'll try to like like do some kind of thing like with um with the phone and like the smell will like wait to you in DC or something. Oh, you know what? This you know what? I, I promise you I'm going to have a plate of a stack of pancakes. I'm I'm going to eat so many pancakes today. You have no idea. Oh my god, we should do like the next time we come on, we should do like Instagram live and we're both eating pancakes and do an interview. Done and done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a great Saturday and enjoy your pancakes, Brendan. Okay. Thank you so much. I really had a good time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned. I'm going to be talking about colorectal cancer next. Uh, give a call in, learn some more about what you can do to prevent and uh, help others that are dealing with it. I'll talk to you soon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.